Yeah, I'll do the intro. Yeah. You guys ready? Yeah, just don't, yeah. just don't forget anyone's names during the intro, pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Millsurp World, your podcast about military surplus. Today we have Danny, Michael, and Jared joining us. I didn't forget their names, Danny. <laughs> and we're going to talk today about um, what is uh, YouTubers. Yeah, gun tubers. Yeah, as they're as they're called. That's a terrible name, but anyway, moving on. Yeah. Well, we, we got, have we have a few. Hold on, I'm sorry. I want to say we have a new person here today. Oh yeah, yeah. And before we get into our topic, let's talk about our new person behind his back, obviously. Oh yeah, I forget. It's been a while since we've had a new person on. I forgot we have the we have the questions that we ask the, the new the new people. So, Michael. How did you get into military surplus collecting and when? Uh, Well, I got into military surplus collecting when I I was probably 18 years old. And I think my brother uh, bought me my first uh, classic $99 Mosin Nagant. I think it was a 43 production Isesk. And uh, from there, I think it just started the passion while I was 18. And so for the past 10 10 or so years, it's just been an ongoing passion from there. And uh, now I'm up to, I think, over 80 classic steel and wood rifles and pistols uh hanging on my wall right behind me so uh it's pretty much my probably one of my biggest passions going forward um a lot of people spend money on nice things vacations but i spend most of my money on either my wife or uh my milster collection so that's where it started with a classic mosin and now uh i'm actually receiving something tomorrow in the mail uh hopefully it gets here from ups nice yeah that's pretty much Pretty similar. That's that's most of is where most of my uh, most of my disposable income income goes. Um, I guess it's been easier not to do not to spend it on vacations this last you know year and a half. Yeah, that definitely helped. That definitely helped. <laughs> I think we started with exactly the same rifle, the same year. That's kind of cool. Probably, probably the same exact rifle. Let's be honest. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I did not. Yeah, I had the ninety one thirty is the gateway drug. I had a weird search. start, Danny. What was that? <laughs> Uh, 1895 Chilean Mauser. Okay, so South American, all that good stuff. It was a weird start, considering I had no interest in Millsurps before. Yeah, I never really got into the South American stuff. I don't think I own a single South American rifle. Missing out, top quality. Big time. I don't think so, I don't think so, honestly. Top quality... (laughs) But Michael and I... Michael and I are, are special in this chat... Oh, how are we special, Aaron? Please tell me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> uh, Michael, do you own something that nobody else in this chat owns besides myself? Uh, it's besides the, yourself, yes. I have a it's, it's rare. It's, yeah, it might be rare. the most rare. Yeah, don't throw the that word at all. Any That's exactly why I'm it's, overusing it. It's rare unless you have money, and then it's not so much. Uh, but yeah, good old uh, Winchester Lee 1895. Uh, but mine does have the uh, front sight hood. So God I'll dang it. <laughs> and uh, Still got the hole in the bottom of the magazine. A little bit more bluing, less pitting. So um, I think I'll take the top spot here. Was yours older than mine too? I think it's like a thousand more in front of yours. Yeah. I think mine's in like the 1500, or excuse me, 15,000 serial range. Yeah, yours was like... Because I think the 15,000s when they started the next production round. 
Yeah, it was it was the first few hundred of the new the second I think contract. Mine's like in the sixteen thousands. Yeah, so mine's right before yours, pretty much. I think uh, you said yours was what December eighteen ninety eight. No, July eighteen ninety eight, according to Cody. Uh, Cody. Okay, uh, mine's Cody probably, Arms. Mine's probably like January then, so give or take. Yeah, but I think it was July 9th is what they told me. It actually, they actually had the exact day. Gotcha. Yeah, I reached out to Cody and they were like, "Yep, you got to pay for this." And I was like, "Oh, dang it!" <laughs> really? The dude on on uh, Reddit just gave it to me. Yeah, must be nice. Yeah. It's, I amazing. it's amazing that it's a thousand in production, but it's six months in time. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the Navy and the Marine Corps contracts weren't as huge as the Craig Jorgensen or the Army in general, so they were only outfitting so many. Th- I mean, there's only. 30,000 Winchester Lee navies on the contract or on the two contracts altogether and 10,000 of those were civilian rifles. But even the production value like the they they made 1,000 in 6 months that's that's really low production volume. I mean they could have been I making think, the civilian ones at that time too. True. Yeah, it was a mix of civilian as well as uh, just a complicated receiver compared to um what they've been producing with the Crag and everything. Yes, the Crag is still complicated but Nothing as a straight pull as complicated as that with a floating uh, extractor and some weird stuff in there, too. Danny thought he broke the extractor. <laughs> just It just popped out. <laughs> no, it was when you open the bolt, it just it's this there. It just moves. Yeah, it's, it was dangling. To be fair, I just thought it was broke. Not that I broke it. I just I think I opened the bolt. Well, first off, I think the bolt was locked. I was like, oh boy, what's going on? Yeah, because you can't you can't open the bolt again. Yeah, without firing it or the bolt release. Yeah, definitely a weird system, and I can see why it was it was way ahead of its time. But I can see why it didn't really last at at that point. <laughs> I firmly believe the ammunition is to blame. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Ammunition usually, I mean, during this time, as you saw, like with Winchester ammunition, all that stuff. A couple years later, like ammunition was the biggest shortfall for a lot of rifles and pistols. So you think if it was in thirty forty, it'd, it'd still be the. I don't know with a with a rimmed uh, cartridge versus semi rimmed. I don't know. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs. I mean, what if they could have nailed down the powder or not fucked it up to the point where they were like overcharging them? You know, I, who knows? There's a lot of what ifs, but I just think that the the idea behind it was solid. The execution because of the time period was lacking. But I will say this, you need to find a front sight hood because it's probably my favorite sight picture out of all my rifles that I have. That sight hood makes a huge difference. Don't think I've been looking? <laughs> it's not one of those things that just pops up a lot. If only yeah. someone spent every waking moment at a gun show. Like Danny. I was about to say, you going to one tomorrow, Danny? Yeah, there's actually two or three you that are all like in Kansas City. Yeah, no, in November. So let's yeah, say you go to Tulsa. On I knew it. Yeah, I we got it. we got a we got our hotel room booked, so we're we're doing Damn. it with a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife is pretty cool. She's I'm gonna tell you. Along. It's always. Yeah, a, I wish I could get out to you. That it's show, a rough, rough doing trips with kids, but it'll be a learning experience for sure. Yeah. Luckily, luckily during COVID and everything, it wasn't really a huge impact here in Virginia when it came to shows we still had a lot of shows but they were some were canceled and then they had like the limitations of time slots you had to go in there but i mean during covid i still went to probably five or six shows for that year and made out with a couple of deals so 
Well, Michael, what would you say is your favorite piece in your collection? Favorite piece is, I would probably say, looking at my wall right now, probably either my Winchester Lee, or excuse me, my Winchester contract, Russian contract 1895, or my Johnson rifle. Those probably are my two favorites. I've handled Danny's Johnson. It's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. I, j- yeah. Just by looking at it. It's kind of thick. So weird hands. curves. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's really fat at some points and really skinny at others. Who knows? I, know, be, uh, I would say it, it, it looks like something that like it shouldn't exist. Like, how did this actually get made? I love it. I love my Johnson. <laughs> Have you shot yours? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think the last time I yeah. took it out was in Christmas, Christmas time, and did a couple rapid fires with it. I got I got my Johnson from uh, Dan Lopez, is a uh, another Patreon guy, and. Uh, he he shot it quite a bit, and he swears up and down that it's way better than the M1, um, which I'm a pretty big like. I'm not a big M1 fan. I respect the M1 for what it is, but wasn't that um, your first rifle? Both and, and compare. Yeah, yeah. The M1 was my first. Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, but I I do after handling both and shooting both, I feel like the Johnson is better in my opinion, um, and it has some pros and it has some pros and cons to it that I believe outweigh the. Uh, the grands pros and cons. So, um, yeah, but like the, we'll never know. but you're just the never, only, you're never going to convince the brass of the time period. Cause they all want to have bayonets. They all want to have certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it was just, he was, uh, Melvin Johnson was just too late to the game to where, yeah, he was like just the too late. Was, the grand was adopted in 36 and Johnson didn't adopt this till or make it till 40, 41 by then. Yeah. The, grand was already, the grand was already accepted. The military, the DOD, pretty much just gave him a uh, a kind of a courtesy test trial to see if it would do, it would do anything, and just they decided to stay with what they knew. Yeah, he even made a full stock version, but yeah, unfortunately, just yeah, just just too late, man. Like it was just uh, too late for uh, for the Dutch too. Oh yeah, um, Dutch paramarines, all that stuff. So. Now the only the the only thing. That like when I when I'm just thinking about it, like comparing the two, would just be reload speed would be like the main the main detriment I think of the Johnson. Well, yeah, what about you just got uh, used to it is all, but I agree. What about reloads in low light or night? Because an M1 you can just kind of bang it in there. But what about because you don't have stripper clips? But loading like a, a stripper clips at night is hard. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. We both done reenactments at night. And loading, yeah. yeah, putting a stripper clip and a little stripper clip guide in the pitch black is a lot harder than it sounds, especially like when like, there's like shooting and stuff going on all around you. Yeah, that's especially why I... on the the side mount of the Johnson too. It's a just not normal compared to like an O3 or any other gun of the day. A side mounted stripper clip guide is weird. Yeah, and that'd be a neat like if if someone did a comparison video, they'd have to like do like a night segment of the video. Where they compare like reloading or handling at night mm-hmm. for speed and stuff. History in the Pacific and everything. A lot of this stuff did take place at night, so would have been a true oh, test. Yeah. yeah. Danny furiously writing down these notes. Yeah, I, I, I would, dude. I, I, I'm, yeah. I would take mental that. notes. That, yeah, that, that would be interesting. <laughs> so eventually, we're gonna sell. We're gonna we're gonna move in the country. We're gonna sell our house in the city. We're gonna move the country. I'm gonna try to get some land where I can shoot on. And hopefully I'll be able to shoot at night and do stuff like that um, pretty soon. Because right now it's it's hard living in the city to find a to get a private range. The only places I can shoot at are like uh, at least an hour away. 
Yeah, the goal for me is the goal for me is to move out and get some good land to shoot on because in Virginia it's just so crowded that the further I have to drive about two hours to get to like some usable land that gun ranges in general that go past a hundred yards. Um it's just so crowded where I'm at right now that I haven't shot in probably over two years here in, in the area. Yeah. I should have I took for granted, like, this This has been the hardest of my whole life, like, actually, to shoot living here. Because when I lived in Florida, I lived out in the country, and I could go in my backyard and shoot. And then living in, like, Utah, that was really easy. Yeah. Just BLM lands everywhere. But Yeah, back when I was in Florida, yeah. too, because I was born and raised there as well. Um, I mean, I wasn't in the sticks or anything, but I could drive 30 minutes and go to a good two, 300-yard range and pay 20 bucks for the whole day. So, but definitely miss that. Yeah. Soon. I want to, man, I, I got to, I got to get... Do some more shooting videos. Plus, I have that the big controllable. I forgot the new name, but I, I'm a, the controllable carbine showdown video where I'm going to shoot all the oh, six five and seven millimeter carbines. Um, <laughs> That'll be good. Still have that planned. I got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people are excited for that one. Get the ammo. Yep. Yep. Jared. Jared graciously reloaded me a bunch of the uh, the less common stuff like the uh, the the six five six five Dutch or six five I guess Romanian whatever you want to call it. It's a uh, that's super common. Luckily, when I bought my Dutch carbine, it came with the dies. It came with a box of German 6.5 ammo and uh, the dies. Nice dies. Not not cheap dies. Nice dies. Yeah, with those, yeah. With those guns, you pretty much have to buy the dies with it because you ain't going to get anything else. So, lucky you on that one. That was a, when I lived in Washington, man. Washington <laughs> State hookup, dude. Those I, met, I think about the gun shows in Washington sometimes. Like, this just is just incredible. I don't know why. Just every single one. Yeah, my my brother's out in California right now. Um, and as much as it sucks to be there, he's like, yeah, the gun shows are actually pretty awesome here. And the ranges are pretty cool, too. Oh, that's cool. I yeah, almost so went like, to a gun show outside of L.A. one time when I was working in, uh, in Sedalia. But somebody warned me not to not to go, so I didn't. Yeah. I mean, he, he sent me some of the things that he's seen, just like texting and all that stuff. And he's shown me a lot of cool stuff that is in the area and just stuff you normally don't see across the country just because it's in California. So it's usually only California residents who have the option to buy it or in that area. Hmm. That's cool. I guess one, one perk. Probably the only perk. Yeah. One. one. Yeah. Weather. I'd probably say the weather. That's about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Weather. I guess Having, we can get into the, huh? I was going to, a quick question to you actually, Danny, cause we know Aaron's answer. What is your favorite Milsurp rifle that you have? I don't know if oh you ever gosh. said that. Do you I know don't know answer? if I have one, man. Yours is Lee Navy. No, it isn't. Is it? <laughs> All right. It better, right be. I, it better be. <laughs> I assumed, so maybe I shouldn't have. So maybe a fair question to the group. Like, what, you know, you're on top. What's, what is yours, Aaron? And then what is Danny's? And I know mine, so. You, t- you tell me yours while I think of mine. Me? Yeah. G41. Hands down. Oh, mm. shit. I'm going to sound like a copycat, but I was looking at it on my wall and I'm like, that might be. It's just, it's my favorite. G41 or G43? I was just looking behind my wall and that that was, the G41 was a close, uh, close third for me or a close second, but probably in the third spot for me. Yeah. Can't get enough. Love it. Bang system. I've shot it. It works every time. It'll, it outshot uh, a new M1A, which pissed the owner off. Like it was, it was fantastic. So. It's just so damn heavy, though. It is. Oh, yeah. uh, it is heavy in the worst board. place. Yeah. It's like yeah, the exact opposite forward. of the Johnson. Yeah, all the weights forward <laughs> on the 41. 
So it, it feels even heavier than it actually is, like, holding it. It's the worst. Like, I wouldn't want to... I thought about taking it to a reenactment, especially the one I had before this one. Um, was a little bit more of, like, a shooter grade. And uh, I thought about taking it to a reenactment, but now I think I'll just take a... I have a G43 I think I'd, I'd rather take just for the weight. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron, do we, do we ask what yours is? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think you guys are going to guess it. Uh, I don't, I don't, one of your M95s? No, actually. <laughs> is it the Vigero? No, it's Vigero. not the Vigero. Dang it. It's actually my first gun, the Chilean. Oh, the Chilean. Oh, I love I love it. I love Chilean 1895s. I love 7mm Mauser. It is probably in terms of the most guns, most I've shot of my guns. Chilean is first. M95 is probably second. But I love the Chilean more than anything. But you got a full auto M95. How can you not put that number one? Full semi-auto. Oh, sorry. Fully, fully bolt action? Yeah. Fully bolt action. Slam, slam fire um, M95. Omatic. I'm surprised no one asked you for your stamp after that shot. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, range is actually pretty cool. I, I've broken quite a few of their targets, and so they don't get pissed at me. Because you, because you can never hit the bullseye with your M95s. <laughs> the metal, the metal plates don't last to the to the military surplus ammunition. <laughs> Aaron, have you have you seen my uh, eighteen ninety five versus M ninety six video? I don't think so. You should uh, should give it a gander sometime. Oh wait, I think I have. Where you you're you're breaking down the differences. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I get into like the mechanics enough. I have like a other video where I show the mechanical differences a little bit more, but it's more just like a shooting and handling um, type of dealio. Um, well, see, I've never shot any six five Swede. Dang, dang, man. So I don't have the comparison. Oh, okay, but Ooh. a seven millimeter for me is is probably my favorite in terms of shooting calibers. So hopefully the next time you come and visit, if I have some land. I'm going to just let you shoot all the Swedes and everything. I'm going to just try to make you fall in love with, with them, because they're, they're, they're something. I don't need another caliber. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't worry about that. I got about 30, so... <laughs> I, I counted. I have to do 40, 41. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at all my I, ammo cans right now, and I can see probably, probably 25 or 30 different calibers. Yeah. But some of that stuff, I mean, I'm not going to shoot... I'll shoot maybe a magazine a year, and that's about it. So, fifty rounds will go pretty far. Didn't mean to sidetrack us, but we did it all. No, the time. okay, that was a good one. <laughs> no, um, so our actual <laughs> topic today is the gun tubers. Uh, I'm trying to find the points. Oh, uh, here we go. All right. Uh, so the first thing to talk about, I guess, with this is. Like our favorites, like our favorite uh, gun tuber channels slash channels to recommend. Um, so I'll, I, I guess I could start this out because I was just watching one his, his like recent video today, and I always find myself going like, "Ooh, like I, I want to watch it." Like nine whole reviews. Oh yeah, that was on my list too. Yep, very cool. Play. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, he did his video on uh, PDWs today, and uh, it, it was like neat because you know he pulled in Millsurps into it, and yeah, with newer guns and. Um, so it's a little bit more like, of a, you know, like an intellectual discussion of like, you know, roles and intended purpose of, you know, different designs. And it, it, it's pretty neat. And then they have a, they have a really good, you know, really good production, you know, value in their videos. And, uh, they seem like cool guys. So I, I always enjoy those. 
Yeah, his more recent videos, he started getting into like actual discussion versus just the straight shooting. So I, I enjoyed that piece too, uh, where he sits down and talks about specifics, like in the Type 99 Arasaka one he does, he talks specifically about anti-aircraft sites and how the sites work and everything. So yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that one with the Type 99. Yeah, I liked his, I liked his feedback on the on the sites and how they were, yeah, more combaty than um, mm-hmm. than like target. You know, precision type aperture sights. Um, like my my least favorite type of types of videos to watch are people like sitting down or like laying down shooting. Um, kind of like uh, the IV eight hundred eights. Like a lot of their videos with milterps are they're they're like they're sitting and they're shooting at a uh, at a target. You know. And a lot of times they're being like real easy, not just them, but like other other YouTubers, um, like with like smaller channels and stuff. Like if they're reloaders, you could tell they're being like real dainty with the cartridges because they're trying to catch them. So they're not like working the bolt fast to really get a good feel of the action and like, you know, what, what the potential of that rifle is. They're just kind of shooting for accuracy. And uh, I'm not like it's, it's got its place, you know, like if, if I'm if I'm like curious on what a, what a particular gun's capable of, you know, I want to see it. But. Usually it's not like what I want to watch like for fun. Like I liked um, uh, Alex at TFB his his running gun style. Um, I'd, I'd much rather watch somebody like standing up and like you know really running a bolt action instead of just seeing somebody like sit down and shooting for accuracy. Um, like it's got you know the accuracy thing's got its got its place of course, but um, as far as like watching a whole video and it's the only type of shooting in the whole video, um, you know. It is interesting to see how some of that stuff goes just because I, I don't have the ability or the land to do it. So there, there are times where it's interesting, but it's only interesting for five minutes. It's not interesting for 20 to me. Yeah, I would say probably nine hole going back to nine hole reviews. He mm-hmm. probably does it right compared to yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And, and different, different ranges where he starts close and he moves on out. Like his whole setup is, is very cool. Very well done. I think he has the standard for something like that, and not a lot of people yeah. can really can really replicate. I think it. he is. I think he's made the standard. Like he is the standard now for that for that type of shooting. Yeah, and and he's great because he does a lot of fast forwarding in his edits because like he oh, knows yeah. you don't care, so he zips through a lot of it and just goes through the shooting, which is which is perfect. Right, yeah. What's next on the list, Michael? Well, you what, say, are, what are you? What are your guys? Some of your guys' favorites? Yeah, Michael, you say. Well, we'll just go through the list. Mike, Michael's next on the row, and then we'll okay. be Jerry, and uh, then I'll say one. I'll probably say um, uh, RTI and Classic Firearms. I don't know if you guys heard of them. Those are probably my favorites uh, when it comes to reviews. Um, obviously, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably go with, um, other than the classics here in Arsenal, Forgotten Weapons that I'll go through every once in a while and keep up to date on. Uh, I really like the smaller ones. I know um, like Battlefield Curator, he's doing some good stuff uh, early oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's um he he's not quite up there yet, but it's probably he's probably sitting in a good spot right now, and he's doing a lot of the stuff that's currently on the market, which I think is uh pretty good for the newer collectors. I think. So yeah, him probably, yeah probably Battlefield Curator right now. Uh, he's doing some good stuff. Um, when it comes to just the new stuff on the market, and um, his videos are they get to the point of what you need to know, and uh, I think he helps a lot of people out who are new. Not. Before we move on to Jared, though, you mentioned uh, Forgotten Weapons. What's everybody's favorite style of video that Ian does? Because I particularly only really watch one of his types of videos, 
And I'm wondering about I'm, you guys. I'm not a huge fan of his like modern stuff, like his finished stuff or his eighties and modern stuff. I'm just more like, Hey, give me a classic video of you talking for 10 minutes about a rare rifle from world war two and prior. That's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I kind of do the same. I do like the stuff he does collab with, uh, the chieftain where they get into some armor and stuff like that too. I, I enjoy that. Oh yeah. I did see that one. Yeah. What about you, Danny? Did we lose Danny? Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. I said, uh, other than, other than nine hole reviews, um, no, no, no. What, what, go ahead. Oh, sorry. We, we were saying, uh, what type of videos do you like that Ian makes? Oh, he doesn't make them anymore. Is the my favorite types. Um, what was that? He made it. He started them like five years ago, something like that. Um, and that was his his running guns or the two gun action challenge match with with Millsurps. He started. He still does the pistol ones. Yeah, he does the pistols. I've seen a, I've seen a few. Um, he did one of the um, Rothsteyer M1907 yeah. in the last year. That one there, was fun he, to watch. So. Yeah, that one was that one was good. Um, I'm more. I mean, I'm getting more into pistols now, but I'm more interested in rifles and like in seeing what rifles can do. Yeah. Okay. And his his early footage, like right before him and uh, Carl got together with End Range, um, Ian was doing a lot of a lot of you know taking you know bolt actions to the to the two gun match. And that was that was really interesting. And then they started pairing up, and it was like they had this perfect like synergy. And you know they would they would go you know they would both be running them, and they kind of encouraged each other. And that was really cool. I think we had like maybe a good year of them doing those matches with with the with the bolt actions. And I thought it was you know it was amazing. Like I think it's a pretty good like data point once you start getting so many like Ian not to not to bash on infields, but Ian brought four different Lee infields out there in the desert and, and shot them all. And he had problems with all of them. Like all four of them didn't have like a perfect like run with, with no jams. Um, that damn rim lock. We, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of rim lock. His, one of his SMLEs, the, uh, the, the, like the bolt face or whatever popped over the rail. Like it's not supposed to. So just like he got, you know, he just stopped in the middle of his run. Cause the, cause the, the gun died. Um, but yeah, yeah, four different ones I think, and they've all and they've all, uh, you know, they've all jammed or something like that. And even Carl, one time they did like a head-to-head sort of thing, and Carl brought a Gewehr 88, and the Gewehr 88 just was was flawless and just worked. Not a, like a fantastic gun, you know, the system, but it just it just worked. You know, did did its job, um, didn't have any malfunctions, and it outperformed the, the you know, the SMLE, which is like on paper like that shouldn't happen. Like I would, I think I'd rather have an SMLE than a than a Gewehr 88. But like when you take it to like a range and you shoot it that many times, is that's that's what I like. And and like another point too, when you when you shoot like you set up a match and you shoot a bolt action, like maybe if you you're planning on shooting it 30, 40 times, something like that, right? When you're shooting it 30, 40 times, you have that many you know reloads with with you know five round clips. You get a really far away from the internal magazine capacity being that big of a difference. So then you start to see like really like what, what the, what the rifle is outside of just like the, you know, the, the extra five rounds in the, in the infield magazine, which in a long match, I don't think it's that big of a, that big of a thing. Um, usually in videos that try to like show how much better a 10 round magazine is over 
We usually like if you, if you notice it's like a, a very like it's a short range where they don't shoot, but maybe you know ten to twenty rounds, something like that. And in ten to twenty rounds, it, you know, a ten round magazine is an advantage. You know, that extra five is an advantage, especially within you know the first ten. Uh, but outside of that, I think you start you know seeing a seeing a bigger advantage with the with others. So yeah, I feel like once you get a little group... digression, uh, but. I think you. Once again, you, Danny has to bash on the Lee Enfields, and we'll get a bunch of comments on the channel. You know, th- those guys are respectful. The 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 Mosin guys, I think, are the the most. Yeah, they ones that tend to knee jerk more than Mosins. Yeah, <laughs> the infield guys are like, yeah, okay, you know, that's that's cool. I, I I like infield guys are pretty cool about taking the criticism. They they know what they got. They know the limitations typically, um, but uh, finish finish Mosin guys. Oh God, no! You better not talk about Finnish Mosins, man. They'll bring Hello. out. They'll bring out uh, what's his Simohaya. face? Simohaya. I love my Finns. That's something I never got into was Finnish Mosins or just Finnish in general. It's a deep hole. Yeah, I think the, the only thing that I is... we're gonna let that go. We're gonna let that go. But uh, I think the only thing Finnish I have really is I have a New England Westinghouse Mosin that's Finnish marked. And then a garbage Carcano M38. That's uh the one, the short rifle that's in seven point three five. That one's finished mark because that's what they did. <laughs> I think those are my only two. I just bought one from Danny. The only Mosin I want is the one Danny has. Which one is that? Oh, I just bought that. I'm gonna mess you up, Jared. <laughs> Crickets <laughs> would sound like ACDC right there. <laughs> no, I bought a different up, one. I bought a different one. <laughs> You didn't buy it because he wouldn't sell um, it to me. He yeah. wouldn't sell it to nobody. He wants it for a hole in his World War One collection. Yeah. No, I bought a B barrel one off. And it's it's a it's a twofer, man. It's it's a capture gun. I love capture guns. And then it's a yeah, and then it's a Imperial Russian World it's War One. It's Imperial Russian, Michael, and it's uh, captured by Austria Hungary, but it doesn't uh, have any. It doesn't have any other marks on it. It never went to uh, yeah. Finland. It's not okay. finished. Yeah, yeah, I, finish. I remember you talking about that one. The one that I convinced him to buy over the German capture one that was Finnish. <laughs> yeah, the guy had a yeah, he had a German one. And he actually I was gonna buy that one and he sold the German one. And that's when I was like, Oh dang. You're like, okay. And then he's like, Well, I'll make it up to you. I'll I'll sell you this one here. It's you know, it's JSE marked. Like, oh, okay. I was more like, okay. and then you Aaron was like, Buy it. Like, oh okay. <laughs> I've more never like, seen more one that's not finish marked. Almost all those Russian captures that you see from World War One end up in Finland. Yeah, which, like, honestly, to me, it's a little cooler if it was finished. Like, it wouldn't bother me if it was finished stamped as well. It's more lineage. Like, I get to the, I get, yeah, it's just more, more lineage. Like, wow, it was like in Russia, and then it went to Austro-Hungary, and then who knows where, and then it went to Finland and the United States. But now it's just like. Who the f knows where it went after, you know, after World War One ended and Austro-Hungary was no longer a thing. Say so it doesn't bother me because I like M95s and there's just no fucking way to know where anything went. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I'm not a big fan of the ones that had a lot of travel. Like, I'm I prefer something that stayed in its own country the whole time. Like, a I just picked up a M91. Um, a Peter the Great M91 that has no finish, no other capture markings or anything so it's still an original imperial configuration so that's something i've been looking for for a while um and yeah i just have i don't really have a desire to see like capture guns or 
have a fit in my collection for that. I just prefer them to stay in their original like country per se. See, I think it was Ian that had a, I think it was a Luger. It was Imperial, Weimar, Nazi, East or West German marked. That's awesome. <laughs> like, that's cool. I can get, uh, I can get behind it. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I did remember seeing that was cool that I saw was a guy, I think it was on our uh, Facebook, Danny, that he had a Gewehr 98 that was reworked into a K98 and then uh, ended up as a Israeli 7.62 gun. It's a lineage. Yeah. It's, it was, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it was a 1916 or 17 Gewehr 98, and then it was reworked into a K98K, and then sold to Israel. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's, that's pretty, that's, that is pretty neat. Um, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if my G98 to K98K was one of those. I've been I've been thinking about mine. I want you I want you guys to know what my theory uh, about my theory here for my for my Gewehr 98 to K98K if you don't mind. Go I'm interested. So I've been thinking about it and when I was doing some research on my uh the Spanish uh, 1895 carbines I was just doing some reading on other Spanish guns. And I didn't know I didn't realize Spain got so many um like World War 1 German Mausers and uh, cuz I know you know they got a lot of Polish Mausers, but those were typically scrubbed. But the German guns that they got were not scrubbed. And I was thinking about it. Poland got a bunch of, uh, you know, of German Mausers, or maybe another country got got a bunch of, you know, German Mausers as reparations or just captured in the war or whatever. And they gave them to Spain, uh, to the Spanish, to one side or the other to to fight. So I thought maybe maybe my gun was one of those. It went to Spain. Um, at one point and fought in the Civil War, but mine has the is the you know the the Triangle Z that it was actually in, in Polish inventory, and, and I was just trying to figure out. But the rear sight is um, it's a it's got the S slash four two G I think or K for whatever one's nineteen thirty five. So I was trying to think how it has a nineteen thirty five dated rear sight on it, but it is also Polish marked because that was before that was before. The Germans invaded Poland. Um, so my only thought is maybe Spain. Maybe somewhere, maybe it went to Poland and then went to Spain and then like Germans in Spain like got it and brought it back to Germany. Uh, so something like that. Because it's, it's still like Danzig. It's still, you know, still Danzig marked. But like the, you know, the, the German Mausers didn't get scrubbed. Because um, I don't think people like the countries that donate to guns, they, they didn't care, you know, about scrubbing those. Anyway, I, I just have a feeling it's Spain is somehow involved in this gun's history, maybe. Because um, other than that, I, I don't I don't understand like why the why the rear sight on it would be such an early rear sight if it was captured after the German invasion of Poland. Because that's like like that's four years in between when the rear sight was made and when the gun would have been captured, and maybe five years, you know, between when it was actually re, you know re refurbed. So like why? Yeah, it's definitely weird how that part got mixed in there. So, yeah, and it's um, it's it's matching like they it's somebody all the all the parts match on it. So, like it was, I think it was, you know, like a le- le- legit German like rebuild. I don't know. Just a thought. It's it's one of those guns I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. But I but I like that. Like I have I have you know some some like pure K98Ks that just don't have like anything other than like the wartime. But it's the it's the weird captured ones. It's got all the markings and all the history behind it that I that I think about and that I think are that I think are 
are are pretty cool. Um, I only have like a handful of capture guns like that, and I think they're I think they're pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a Yugo capture uh, K98, but it still had the original markings on it. it. wasn't scrubbed yet, so I think it was an earlier capture. Um, one of my best shooters, actually. Um, but I sold it probably yeah earlier this year. I sold it uh, to help fund something else. You know what I've seen? Yeah, I had, I had a similar Balkan one. Danny, you know what I've seen before? And I think What's I might have showed it to you. Somebody on a different Discord sent me a Craigslist listing of a guy in Washington, and he had an M95, and he didn't know what it was, but it was actually an original Bulgarian contract M95, and for those that don't know, they have a special crest on the top of the receiver, which is the only M95 that has one. That was captured by Yugoslavia and converted to an M95M. Ah. So it still had the Bulgarian lion on it, and it had it, it had M95M underneath it. I'm like, that's the only thing I've ever, it's the only one I've ever seen. And it had the yeah. clip, and it had the, the extractor, and I was like, oh. this is a beautiful piece. Oh man! But it was like, it was in Washington, and the guy was like, I'm not selling this over state. Ah, uh, there's not much difference selling out of state or in state when you live in Washington. I mean, you got to do a freaking. You got to do a beautiful. 44, 73 every time. Wow, yeah. So that stinks, weird. man. Like that's like one of those ones. Is like, oh man, that's been everywhere, all over the Balkans. Anyway, what was our topic? Yeah. Oh, guns that channels that we liked. I think it was on me, or was it? Jared? Not me. It was me. Jared. Not Millsurf World. Ah. <laughs> there's a yeah, there's a yeah. channel called Not Millsurf World. Yeah. Ever <laughs> since ever really since you were on it, it went downhill. Oh, I just had to mess with you. Uh, yeah, Millsurf World content's been lacking a lot lately, so yeah, I've been yeah. disappointed. Uh, serious. Um, Rob, British muzzle loaders. I enjoy the hell out of that guy. Like I like the fighting in kit and going through drills and I, I just everything he does, I think it's awesome. And he makes yeah. He, he used to show like how he made the ammo when you could. Like that that was just anything about it was cool. He's the reason that I bought my Snyder and my Martini was because of him. And I love them. And and he, he's a cool dude. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I haven't seen him much. You, other than other than I think CN Arsenal, maybe I, you'll be hard pressed to find another YouTuber or gun tuber that puts as much effort into his videos as as Rob does with his with his videos. Yeah. I mean, even the shortest one or whatever, like with the the cloning effect, you know that he does, where it's like a bunch of them. Like you know, you can watch you know a, a minute long segment, you know of of that. But <laughs> I've done it. I've tried it a lot, and it's hard. Like that took a long time to film and to choreograph and everything and i'm like having having you know done it i think i can like when i when i watch him i'm like dang like i can't believe just for a little like silly part in the beginning he spent so much time uh just to you know just up the quality and add a little like you know humor and stuff to it um his um yeah his stuff is really up there and then he's yeah on top of uh, you know all the work he puts into it because there's some people that put a lot of work into it and you know it's kind of iffy yeah, it's very good, very yeah. informative, and he he really like deep dives into. He plays bugles, the the proper bugle thing in the background. You can hear his in his videos. You can hear background of people shooting, like there's combat around him. It, it, it's I just everything he does is cool to me. I don't know. Yeah, I really he's, like he's one of those reenactors that it's he's accurate down to the buttons. Yeah, yeah, and I really I always laugh when he does Private McKenzie. 
the incompetent private and everyone's yelling at him. Yeah. I love that stuff. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> like, and he's, was, go ahead. I've always heard of him, but I never got into him or anything. But I think just to build my British repertoire in general and knowledge base, I probably should probably start watching him a little bit more. I think after hearing this. Yeah, it, uh, not I cannot recommend him enough. If if I was to recommend one person, it would be him. Yeah, and he's a good dude. He's he's been on the podcast before, and we chatted for a long time before and after the podcast. And he's yeah, he's genuinely a, a good guy. So yeah, yeah I'd, I'd recommend it for sure. He'll make you he'll make you buy an infield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or two. Yeah, I said I said he's the reason I have a Snyder and a Martini. Cough, like, not me. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well. I enjoy the hell out of it, at least. I don't. I don't have an infield anymore. What infield did you have? I had a number four, Mark One. Oh, yeah, number four, Mark One. Especially the star is kind of the meh to yeah, me it was, of all of them. It was, um, it was a star, um, and it was also an A code, which means it was built with non-standard parts. Yeah, I think I'll only buy a number four Mark One if I ever find one for a good deal and. Those deals are getting few and far between right now, especially for infield. So, kind of a check mark gun. I need that. Yeah. Now I have it. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I have my number three that I have, and I like that one, but number four, I just never really got into it. And then if I find one for a deal, I'll pick it up. But nowadays, for some reason, the last year or two, infields exploded. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised because it used to be number fours are real cheap. I swear for like 10 years, they were real cheap, like under 500. And yeah, number yeah. fours went up. SMLE shot up quite a bit, especially Lithgow's shot up. Um, yeah, I, was, I was happy. Like 500 at the most, very most for a number four. And those are very few and far between. Yeah. I think I bought my Lithgow like 12 years ago or something. I paid 300 bucks for it. Something like that. Shoot. I'm becoming one of those old guys. <laughs> Back in my day, we'll see you at your next yeah. booth. <laughs> Where you have everything lined up and nothing's for sale. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about being one of those guys, just for a day. See what people say. <laughs> yeah, just put a for oh, yeah. sale sign. Man, I, I yeah, I went to uh, I went to a gun show this past uh, weekend, the week uh, like on the Saturday eleventh, and. Uh, there's a guy there, and he was showing me. He he always he's at every show in this area, like every single show, religiously. I've never been to a show, I don't think, in this area, and him not have a table. And he always gets a table at the front by the front door, and he has plenty of money. He's like a retiree with plenty of money, and he buys up all the good deals that walk into the show. And uh, I don't think he has an FFL too, and he usually puts them on his table with a little markup after he buys them. But uh, he was showing me some of the deals that he bought, and a uh, little, little not milsurpy, but he bought a, uh, he bought a, an HK ninety one um, for like a thousand bucks, and he was showing like an me actual HK ninety one. Yeah, like yeah, he showed me. Yeah, oh, and on the receiver it had an extra one carved into it after, so it was an HK nine one one. Because I don't know if this is true, I didn't research it, but he's who said, oh, they they did that because they were sitting in customs waiting to get imported during the ban or something. And they put an extra one on them so they could they could get in. Uh, Said so something like guys. that. Yeah, but he was like, yeah, I, he 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 bought that and another gun together for like two grand, he, like a, a Galil, a Galil in the ninety one for for two grand. And then he and then he pulls out a, a G forty three like parts gun that he bought for for eight hundred dollars. It's just like, oh dang, cool. Dang. 
here's all the good deals are on this table right here that you got, sir. So he's yeah, like the. At a, at a recent gun show I went to, something really pissed me off when I was there. I saw, I literally saw it in front of my face was a guy walk over, a vendor walk over to another vendor, buy his 6.5 Carcano PPU ammo for 20 bucks a box, and then bring it right to his table and put $35 on the price tag right away. I watched it in front yeah. of my face. Yeah, that happens a lot, man. Like a whole lot. Before, it was in the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it happens a lot before shows, but I've I've done that. Like I've I've set up, you know, at a lot of shows and sold stuff. And um, I mean, just six months ago or so, the the last show that I set up, I brought, I pulled out this like box of uh, like Milster thirty out six that I got, and I paid like hardly anything for it. Like, I got it at a show in Washington. Some guy was like giving it away. And, uh, and a vendor came up to me and he just started, you know, making me offers on everything. And I started accepting it and he put it right over on his table and, you know, twice as, twice as much as he paid for it, Dang. you know, buying, buying it straight from me. So yeah, it does happen. And I see it all, all you know, all over the place. Uh, so if you want the deals setting up and getting a table is a, is a really good way of getting the deals. Um, other than just getting there early. I think I'll just set up my own. I'll just get a table, put nothing on there except for maybe one thing and then just search the deals before the show put a, yeah put a sign up that says like want to buy you know military old military guns you know so, something like a little colorful sign or whatever maybe put a, just a couple attention getters on your table you know um just shoot you know yeah, cough, hang out shoot the shit cough. but then, then yeah. they bring all the like the south american like chilean stuff and i'm like get out of my way yeah yeah <laughs> it's worth money man they're good stuff I'm surprised why you're not into uh, South American stuff. Like, I get it. I was there before, but what's what's holding you back? I don't know. I think it's just the the classic, like, oh, it wasn't it really in a war or anything. Oh, but then and, it was. Yeah, it, it mean, probably it was. was. <laughs> it it was, yes, but not the wars that I'm interested in per se. Um, and I think I don't know, just the whole region down there. I don't. I don't really have. I think it's more just export Mausers. I never really got into export Mausers in general. So I think it just falls. It's a, it's like an umbrella kind of thing. That's also kind of, a very deep hole. Very, very yeah. deep dark hole. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't tell you why. It's just, they never appealed to me. Uh, and I think it's just cause it wasn't initially when I first started collecting, it wasn't European or Pacific. So, or American. Uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't interested. I can kind of tell you how I got into it and the way I looked at it. Instead of just looking at it like a like it's an export gun or like almost like a commercial sort of thing. Like if you if you want to trace the you know the Mauser like history or the early Mauser lineage of like their development and all the improvements that goes through the guns, you can't do that without getting the contract guns, you know. Um, yeah. I could definitely so, see, especially going through my books and everything. Yeah. So then you so then you have to get in through cuz I mean really there's there's the the contracts that I mean all of all the guns that Mauser sold are contracts, you know. They, they did a contract to the German government, you know, uh, or a contract to, you know, another, you know, to to Sweden, but they made some for Sweden. Yeah. They just I mean Mauser contracted with everybody including their own, you know, their their own government, but but if you want some of the early lineage and you want to know like what was going on at the time and the improvements that, you know, Sweden and Spain put forward, you know, to mechanically improve the, the design, you, you have to get the you have to get the early, you know, cut, you know export export guns like that. It's an Argentine so. 91 to, to get the early one if, if like a Belgian's too much and 
Then, uh, then yeah, the Chilean 95, because it's kind of that in-between the 93 and the 94, sort of, weirdly enough. Um, and then, yeah, it's you just kind of get, get them the to, to, to fill, the, fill the niche that way. And then later on, then, then there's the, the, to me, the just before World <laughs> War II Mauser models that if the German, like the German government maybe wouldn't, so thinking of logistics or whatever, they would have adopted, like the... The, the the Mauser ni- model nineteen thirty three or the Mauser nineteen thirty five I think are excellent. The nineteen thirty five, I've people have heard me harp about the Chilean and Brazilian nineteen thirty five, but that's just a that's just a fantastic model to me. Like I think that is like about as perfect as a bolt action rifle can get. Really, like the Brazilian nineteen thirty five. Yeah, um, I think I'll just I think I'll just rely on so your just videos from now on. Objectively looking at a looking at one that way, it's just kind of. And That's... it's in what caliber, Danny? Danny? You just got real quiet there. I don't know. Did we lose him? I don't know. Maybe. Might have blown his mind. Yeah. <laughs> the wheels I, are spinning. I can hear you guys for a second. What, what, well, what, what I, was it? I asked, uh, what caliber is that Brazilian 1935 in? Oh, in God's own caliber. That's right. 7 by 57 Oh, I thought you were going to say 45 ACP. 45, yep. <laughs> Yeah, seven. I'm a I'm a big fan of seven. I think I, in a in a shorter rifle like a 1935, I think in 6.5 it would be a little nicer of a shooter. But I do really like and respect seven millimeter. So it's the best caliber that Mauser ever created. Yeah, and, and, oh, and that's a technicality. <laughs> On a technicality, everybody agrees with me because he didn't make eight millimeter and he didn't make 6.5. That's why I said all three of them. I mean, I do like. 43 Mauser a lot, if you counted that one. Uh, no. I mean, yes, that is a Mauser caliber, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's 7.65, 7 millimeter, 10 point, whatever, the 11, whatever, 43 Mauser, whatever the frick it is, 11.43, 11.44, what is it? I thought it was 10 by, like, is it 10? 10? Yeah, it's know. like a, I don't know. It's a it's weird decimal Mauser. number. Yeah, it's 43 Mauser. It's awesome. 11 by 60? I just Googled it. Is this the right thing? Yeah, 11 by 60. 43 Mauser. Yeah. Maybe it is 11. Yeah, all those around that time period were 11. You have 11 millimeter Vernal, you have... It's the same round as 11 millimeter Gras. Yeah, Yeah. it's the Gras. Use the same bullet. Everybody was using basically the same thing, because it pretty much had reached the pinnacle of what a black powder metallic cartridge could do. Yeah, that that's a rabbit hole that I've been tempted, but Ooh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not black powder metallic down, cartridges. The big, the big boy, the mm. big boy black powders. Yeah, come, come to the dark I am, side. I am interested yeah. because I have one, and I'm come like, to mm. the dark side. I think I I'll t- stay away from that. <laughs> I will teach you the ways of the dark side. The only <laughs> one that I would do is is Aaron's. I would do an 1886 Monlicker because I have a bunch of 11 millimeter Verndal already. What about yeah, a Verndal? Like yeah, what about get a Verndal. Yeah, I mean, if I could shoot the same ammo out of it, because I know there's some that's like a different. Those count. are the early isn't like, ones. Those isn't there the like early... three? There's four. Three. Oh, jeez. Yeah. See. So there's the early versions have a long rifle version and a carbine version, and then you have the updates, and the updated version has a new caliber for both the rifle and the carbine. You're not talking me into it right now. Well. The long rifle I mean, version. If I, 
almost all of the guns have been updated, so almost all of them will be the lo- the same Verndal caliber as the M86. So okay. unless you find an unupdated Verndal, which is actually pretty rare, if I remember correctly. If, yeah, if I found a Verndal at a good price, I would buy it in a heartbeat. That's for sure. And then he would get um, bored of it, and he would sell it to me. They're so funky. Probably. <laughs> they're so funky. I like them. I've actually got to hold one in person. It's one of the few ones I've gotten to see in person. That's really cool. Yeah. And that wasn't that your biggest regret not buying? Yeah, actually, it is probably my biggest regret of not buying. I just didn't have the money. Yeah. That sucks, man. So cool looking. Oh, I guess it's my turn? It is. Well, you guys have kind of picked all of the stuff that I was going to say. So I've got something that's not really gun-related, but it is Millsurp-related. And that's Steve. Oh. Oh, yeah. Steve. Nice. Steve 1989. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of him. Steve 1989? You've never heard of him? Oh, my gosh. I have not. Oh, you need go down the rabbit hole now. He eats MREs from like all the way down to like the World War One stuff. He eats them. But he's like a cool guy that you'd want to like hang out and have a beer with after yes. you had an MRE with him kind of thing. Like he seems like a cool guy too. Um, hmm. But I think he has like the best format for like eating MREs. Um you know, such, nice up close. Such a niche, and he does, such a niche thing. But yeah, yeah, I know he's got like how many millions of subs? Like just um, from looking at because he thing. eats because he eats old food. He's got one point eight five million subscribers. Yeah, dang, wow. I've eaten I, plenty of MREs in my lifetime, but not that quite old. So I don't yeah. know if I want to relive stuff. But I mean, the World War One stuff is it, that would be very interesting. Yeah. I think he ate hardtack from the Civil War too. I yeah, I'm pretty sure he's eaten hardtack before. He like shows us. He'll pay like a thousand bucks or something for yeah. like a whatever. That's like here's an an unopened blah 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 from so and so war. It's 120 years old. Let's let's crack it open. Oh, nice hit. Like. And then yeah, and then he'll eat it. And you know, it's. I think he was. I heard one of his videos. He was talking about it, and I think he said that he. I don't think he's gotten sick. From a lot of the old food that he ate, but he got really sick from a modern Chinese MRE. Hmm. He's amazing. like, because I because I saw him do another one, another Chinese MRE, and he's like, I'm not eating this because I got deathly ill eating the last one, so I'm just not even eating this. Conspiracy theories here going on. Yeah, he's gotten all kinds of stuff though. Like he gets all kinds of different countries MREs that they're not yeah. supposed to really sell, but he's got like a network. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are supposed to be for sale, but yeah, no. they are. Technically, like, no. Five months ago, he got the a 2020 uh, Colombian MRE. Like, how the hell do you get that from Colombians? I've had I've had a few foreign MREs when I worked with a lot of other militaries: um, French, Australian, New Zealand, Italian. I've had their stuff, and their stuff's pretty interesting. He likes what the was Australian. Your favorite? What was your favorite foreign one? Uh, probably the Italian, because they still put wine in there. <laughs> so a little bit of red wine never hurts. Um, that, and I'd probably say the Australian one was pretty good as well. Uh, they had a lot of, um, I don't know, they just put a lot of good stuff, like some hearty stuff in there, like some good soups and um, crackers and cookies. And, and all candy. That. So, yeah, their candy's pretty good. Anyway, about yeah, buying probably, a Canadian IMP. Probably, not, probably really, 
not really gun related, but still military also- related. And it's related, so he's yeah. he's got a great channel. I really recommend it. anybody to check out Steve nineteen eighty nine MRE info. I think is it. Yeah. Well, I think MRE info. I don't know if that's his website or if it, that's just one he's on. I, I but think he it is. It every time. But the 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 YouTube channel is Steve nineteen eighty nine MRE info, and he's really good. Full recommend from me. Cool. So did we did we get everybody? Yeah. And that closes down for that one. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, the next one is, uh, and this is just sort of a, I guess, more of a gripe. It's about the, the lack of Milserp content out there on the, on the interwebs. Um, I think we we're talking a bit of, about, like, uh, with, like, with Ian, and I think a little bit with Carl. I think they've both kind of gotten away from Milserp, or they just don't do it as much. They do a lot of, like, newer production stuff. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, it's already been done, and there's not new things coming out for it, per se. So they transition to newer models of what's currently coming out. Got to have content. Yeah, I think because, I mean, you can look up M1 Grand everywhere and there's millions of videos on there. Uh, Even for a lot of obscure stuff, there's a lot of videos out there as of now um, due to like Forgotten Weapons, CN Arsenal, um, and a few others. Uh, But there's just not new current information coming out with it uh, except for another couple more years from now. So I think they're transitioning to newer content, a.k.a. newer, like, eighty, probably 80s and mo- more modern nowadays is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, like TFB, too. Like, you know, with, with Alex, they used to do quite a bit of Milserp. So it's Alex, and then, oh, and then they had Bloke. They had Bloke on the range on there quite a bit to, to do that kind of Milserp niche. But not anymore. I think it's all, it's all new stuff now. That's the one I was going to say was was TFB because I, I did the same thing. I like watching the running guns and stuff. They just yeah. quit doing it and I unsubscribed. Yeah, when when Alex yeah when Alex left TFB, um, that was like I, th- I think he might have been one of like the big maybe like three Milserp guys. Maybe yeah, maybe it was Iraq Vet and yeah, Forgotten well, Weapon. If we're gonna and, say one and, that's gone now, um, uh, what's the the fake Russian guy, FPS oh, Russia. FPS, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember his name. Yeah, he I did Milserp stuff too, though. Yeah, every now and yeah, then, he... only if it was like a machine gun and flashy enough yeah. to get. But the... I mean, but that was still like I, he's one of the few videos you could find of a, a PPSH, and he's just going ham with it. I think that uh, Guns of the World does that stuff. They do, yeah, they do, but they're just short videos, real quick, and there's no. Backstory, it's just straight no shooting. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a, yeah. all like the. I mean, they do really well, like viewership wise and subs and stuff. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. all, it's all POV. It's no talking. It's just shooting. All and the videos start off the same. A lot of it feeds off of pop culture too, like video games and movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Like that's a channel for. Yeah, people who like you don't know anything about guns, but they used it in a video game, and so they want to see it. Like in I seen some of his videos, and it was like all the guns used in Call of Duty, World at War, World War Two, or something like that. And it's just a five minute video of random stuff from it. So a lot of clickbait. I have one more that we haven't mentioned that I I just remembered. Uh, Hickok. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Back in the day, Hickok, right? I don't. I don't. I've not subscribed to him, um, but I just remembered him. Yeah, he yeah. Did yeah I've, I've seen 
I haven't seen any of his more recent stuff, but yeah, he did a lot of good military stuff back in the day. His, his though, a lot of his stuff, though, I've noticed um, he wasn't as informed as somebody like Ian or um, obviously Othias with his in-depth research. So a lot of the times he's like quoting Wikipedia. So it's a little what? bit like, eh, the info is not that great. But he does actually shoot everything, too. And he's actually like hands-on. And he's got that yeah. like, good old boy feel and just back in the backyard, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like... You're shooting with your grandpa, sort of, sort yeah. of feel to it. Yeah. Just like, hey, yeah, I remember you. Let's shoot this gun. <laughs> and yeah, he's got the cool target set up. And I mean, that's the best part. Like, I would always fast forward the part where you'd start talking about the guns. Because, yeah, it is, it's just kind of like the Wikipedia part. Like, there's no real, you know, yeah, info he, coming he out. Does of a, he does have but, a good range setup. Oh, yeah. I, I liked his woods walk shooting videos. Those, oh, are, yeah. those are pretty fun. That one. I'll refrain from saying the one, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> so we, don't, we, shall not so be we named. don't get into a fight. Yeah, no, I just don't want to. I just don't want to give him any any publicity. You know what I mean? It's fair. Should we give a quick backstory though? No, we're not going to explain it because I don't want to oh, get into another man. fight. Uh, B- bloke stuff's good though. <laughs> oh, I'm actually not talking about bloke. I know. You know, he's I, does I'm, a I'm aware. subject I'm, change. I'm, yeah, I was moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. bloke stuff's okay I don't have too much of a problem with bloke stuff he's got un- he does have a lot of bias and he doesn't like to admit it but he does he but does everybody does Danny won't admit that he has a Moser- Mauser bias he does the the chap stuff though like especially the the, the older stuff I, mean, is I really literally cool. wear go ahead you Just cut show. out Danny oh he cut out oh yeah I don't know if my internet is crapping out or something um, yeah i, I mean I, I literally have a shirt that has a big mauser logo on it during my like videos so i'm pretty i'm pretty forward with my like mauser bias out there but uh i think nice most shirts. people would sort of like agree just subjectively yeah i think pretty biased towards that a, a decent but it's chance. only go ahead i mean I'm, I'm like a fan but it's only because like it just i think objectively it could, it could be the best you know what i mean like there, there's some guns like modern guns that I'm like, I'm not a huge, I'm not like a fanboy or whatever. Like, like say like an AR-15. Like I think probably the AR-15 might be like the best, like fighting rifle kind of thing. Um, but like That's I'm wrong. not. An it's AR-15 obviously a fanboy. Daewoo. Obviously it's a Daewoo. I, oh, you know what? I there, I saw a Daewoo like 15 years ago that I should have bought. It was like 700 bucks or something. Oh, Danny. <laughs> Which I, yeah, I know. I know. I was like, what is this weird gun? Oh, it's Korean. I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I was like back then. But um, yeah, now I, you know, I wish I did. But any, that's the way I am. Like, so with like an Air 15 or whatever, like, I don't care. I'm not a fan, but I'm not going to defend. I just think it's like the best one. So that'll be the one that I own, and I don't care. Like, it's kind of the same thing with like, with like a Glock. Um, but I guess it's a little more so with, with Mauser. Um, like, I, I think it might be the best bolt action potentially. Um, which is why I would really like to. You want to skip ahead to your suggestion here? Me? Yeah, sure. Say so we right into it. Yeah. Which is your content you want to see? Yeah. On, what is, on the what YouTube. is not out there that you'd like to see? I want to see more of what there used to be, which is like the run and gun, two gun action challenge. But not even like two gun, just one gun. I want to see like just people running bolt actions in stages designed for it, you know? 
like a mock World War One or World War Two battlefield, running bolt actions. You know, put put these guns head to head, and if you do it enough, like if you run enough stages with enough people, with that you know bunch of guys with you know like half guys with K90Ks and half with Enfields or you know half Mausers and half Mosins or whatever, you do that enough, I think you'll collect enough data that eventually you'll be able to you know make a make a pretty good conclusion of like you know this is how many malfunctions this is how you know faster slow it is to load or whatever and that's that's what i would like to do that's it's what i want to do and is what i want to see i want to add to that because it's along the same lines as something that i would want but in kit with you uh, know yep, the yep. gear because it's yep. all well and good if you've got a modern combat vest and you're pulling stripper clips out of your molly jacket but if you're pulling stripper clips out of a uh, a belt that they belong in that adds to it like what rob does just on different with different equipment danny, danny we can't hear you it yeah was my, yeah it was my yeah exactly going through his thing okay. uh, I, I think that would be the ideal on on top of the having a bunch of guys with K98s and all that like have a bunch of guys with K98s and 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 gear and belts and see how it works. I think the thing that I would want to see more and this is a plug towards Danny is uh bring back the uh, torture test of uh like mud torture and good stuff. <laughs> like oh you know, man. man, you made so many people uh, angry Danny. I get yeah, I know. <laughs> I get a lot of get a lot of bashing for that as the only thing. Get a lot of internet abuse. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fairly legit if if the if the test is kind of straightforward or whatever. Like, I think it's a fairly legit test. Like, oh, let's see what it's like when it's really dirty. But uh, if we're if we're going along the same lines of hey, run and gun with stripper clips out of a vest and everything, like you're gonna get muddy, you're gonna get dirty in the process. So, I mean, you can always test that too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, in in range kind of kind of took the a lot of the steam out of that for me because they did they did a lot of mill serps. You know, they, they, they torture tested a, uh, um, their infield that they did, I think it was an Indian 762 gun, if I, if I remember correctly, whatever that model is. It was a 2A1. That's Um, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was a, okay. Okay. Which to me is like, it's not exactly the same. So like, it's not, you know, it's not a great, not a great comparison. It's like an orange to lemon comparison, but, um, and then they did a K98K. So like, those are kind of the guns I'd want to do already, and I hate to just copy exactly what what Endrange has has done. But oh, the ones I would you do have, and the, and the cleaning sucks. Oh my god, the last uh, the, yeah, the those Gewehr last three that I did. No, no, I, I so I I didn't do the Gewehr forty one because the one that I owned it didn't have a dust cover. My new one does, but it's too nice. It's too nice to test. Um, but I did do I did my G forty three. Oh, that's did the my, one that pissed uh, off Reddit. I remember now. The, yeah, I'm not really on Reddit enough. I should have. Oh, I know. I, I posted been on there it there. Ah. I posted yeah, a, a gif. I posted a gif of it being fired while it was covered in mud, and everybody got really mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. People think mud melts steel. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I think it's more I like guess. the wood, if anything. But even then, yeah, that can still be cleaned off if you don't leave it on there for a while. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like these guns didn't get dirty or wet or rained on or muddy like during Absolutely. the war. I think so maybe if I you don't... go into the uh, what's it called um 
the neutral powers, I think. If you go into that, that'd be kind of interesting. Like K like Swiss rifles, Swedish rifles. Yeah, like I've never would... seen a K thirty one uh stress tested and I'd like to see one because I don't think it would that'd pass. I'll bet yeah, it would do worse cool. than the the elevens because it has all the stuff up front. Mm, oh see now that that sir. That's a it's a good it's a good call. So yeah, do a do yeah, 1911 and then a K31. Then you can really get a good comparison of front locking lugs versus rear locking lugs. Because all the the people that defend rear locking lugs and guns like Moss 36 all say like, well, it'll do a little bit better against you know muck and guck getting into the gun. Well, um, I think we're onto something here. Yeah, the 11s, all the locking mechanism, everything is yeah sealed in the back, so it would never really get muddy other than what you jammed forward when you shoved it back home. Huh. And then I'd have to do a mud test of Moss 36. Can I borrow your Moss 36, Jared? You, but you, you have one. You bought one, and I, I know you have one. Yeah, but I'd rather do yours. Yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather mess up yours. <laughs> yeah, let's screw up the perfect one in order to get rid, you know, to save the 1941. Yeah. See, this he'll, give it, he'll give it back muddy without cleaning yeah, it. You should, yeah. do, you should do that Bertier I got you, too, Danny. Oh, yeah. That's so, not real. I, I, I started. I start, yeah, I started to talk about the the three that, but I did the I did the G forty three, the SVT forty, and the Jungman. Oh yeah, the, the Jungman and the SVT forty were still pissed too. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, like a dozen people were pissed about the Jungman. Like nobody really like cares about that one. The SVT forty um, though, people were mad. Yeah, everyone was just saying like, "Oh, the gun's crap. That's why it failed." Look, it jammed at the beginning, and it's like, okay, oh, I, well maybe I love maybe that was the gun. As long as you get the gas setting right on your SVT, you're good. Did you see at the very beginning? It was like one of those one in a million things where, like, where I just went to chamber around, and the first round went straight up out of the gun, like a lo- yeah. like a live round. <laughs> that's that's just one of those weird things. I've never had a gun do that before, and it's just that's one of those cool things. Like, I'm glad I was you know re- recording that day when when that happened. Um, but because that happened, I think most people think it just invalidated the test because there's obviously something is wrong with my gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta worry about the gas, yeah, the gas system or the gas setting w- with those. Uh, yeah, I have and, a, just like the G43 like shooters kit. I have a shooters kit in my SVT40, so it works pretty well as long as I had the right have it on the right gas setting. So. Yeah, but it, so when I, I mud tested all three and I rinsed them all off with a water hose. And uh, took them home and like, re- like detail stripped all three of them like on my living room floor. Like, at, you know, my wife helped too, and we just scrubbed you know all the parts to get all the sand and gunk out of it because the you know the mud turns back into sand by then when it dried off. And it was just uh, it took so effing long, man, to clean those three guns. Out of curiosity, which was the easiest one to clean up though? Oh, because that's actually. Oh. That's part of it, you know. That would have been a good question to ask two years ago, Danny. Yeah, Gomer slip and fell. Which Gomer is the best Gomer? Like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I couldn't say. I don't. Maybe it, like just me thinking. Maybe the Jungman was the easiest because it's the you know the gas system is simple. Yeah, maybe that. I just know that you complained about every single time you had to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the crappy part, man. The the cleaning up afterwards. Things you don't see. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine in Florida let me uh, mud test his um, scar seventeen. I did that. 
Some of my my very first my very first YouTube video that's no longer public, so you can't find it, um, was me torture testing uh, or mud testing pistols. Um, I got into like my very first pistols were like HK USPs, and so I mud tested. I just went in my backyard with a handheld camera and just dunked it in a bucket of mud and shot it. And uh, yeah, those are my yeah. Oh, it's just so terrible. That's why it's off. I don't want anybody to know my 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 beginnings um because it's yeah really That'll really be a special awful treat. you should you should let everybody see that one day for a special treat okay yeah maybe i'll I'll post it on the on the discord so everybody can see yeah uploaded june 22nd 2009 Ooh, um, baby. it's got yeah it got eighty eight thousand views it has it right now but it got them it got them all really quick like i remember it made the rounds in all the forums back then um yeah, I did that. A P30. Look at what this idiot kids doing. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, I don't think it was so like, oh my gosh, like with with commercial guns and like newer tactical guns, people don't freak out like you're destroying it so much. Like you're destroying history. Um, it's it's more of like a you're dumb and you're gonna blow up and whatever. Um, but God, yeah, so awful. June, yeah, two thousand nine. Guess I've been yeah, going going back to like the. The original thing when I brought up the torture test and everything, I think another thing would be cool to see would be um, more ballistics tests, like uh, ballistics gel and everything for these older rounds. Because typically you see just regular paper targets of getting shot at, but actual ballistics tests, you don't really see that much anymore for old Millsurps. Most of the old Millsurp stuff is FMJ, though. It is, but um, I mean, 8mm or 8x56R is a lot different than 8mm Mauser and so on and so forth like just the small variance between the calibers 6.5 jap between 6.5 uh swede 6.5 dutch all that stuff how same round size but they could do something different in ballistics gel i think that would be something interesting to see or you could be absolutely right (laughs) it's just fmj who knows i was not trying to pick a fight there (laughs) because i i I agree with you it would be cool but i I feel like a lot of it is just FMJ, so it probably would yeah. act similar. Put it that way. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It would act similar, but I think it'd just be like cool to see the disparaging parts between the different, like per se, six point five. There's so many different um, calibers of six point five in general that I think it'd be kind of cool to see the differences. I mean, they could very well yeah. act exactly the same, but you'll never know until you know. Yeah, maybe they would all act very this like very similarly, like at you know at a, a ballistics block that's like ten meters away or something like that. But if you really wanted to get into like the difference between like the benefits of like an eight millimeter or a seven millimeter over a six millimeter or six five, would be like some type of like penetration test. I could see that yeah. kind of being a thing. It, like a it would pig be like, like okay, what's really yeah. the advantage of an eight millimeter caliber carcass, over a six five or a seven? <laughs> Let's punch through some some steel or some oh, you know, wooden blocks or whatever. You're listening to me. <laughs> you get a pig carcass from a butcher. Dark I think you need a sight hood first before a pig carcass. I think that's why he's not Ooh. listening. But it it would be interesting to see the difference in something like that between like light ball and heavy ball. Yeah, especially when it comes to like seven six two and fifty four R and everything. How I was thinking. I was thinking eight mil light light Romanian versus one ninety six German. Yep, that's another good one. Yeah, that, 
Russia is just the first thing that came to my mind because you see it so much with all the spam cans and everything. But yeah, Romanian, yeah. German for eight millimeter. Yeah. Something I wish there was more of there used to be was is more reloading caliber specific reloading. Yeah. And uh, um, YouTube's. Yeah. yeah I did it. You're just cracking down on that. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's just hard to do it now. Yeah. Was, yeah. Even thinking about like doing the mud tests, I know all of those would get demonetized. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even make back like the money on the ammo that I that I shot during the during the video. There was a channel years ago. It was Gunnut three fifty seven mag, and that's where I learned to do reloading. Was from him because he would do like we're gonna load six five Swede, and he would I'm loading this load whatever is good to your gun. Here we go, and he would just size and seat and you know do all do all those things, but it he did a bunch of different calibers and it's how I learned how to do it. And I think that's missing or lacking. Yeah. I think it, yeah. unfortunately it's just YouTube's like suppressing that stuff. So it is. Yeah. But cause I, I mean, all the stuff you will find on stuff like that is like 10, 15 years old. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you could watch somebody like do drugs or, or like grow <laughs> Some type of illegal substance, but you better not reload. Better not. Oh, yeah. Or Danny, do better not put pictures illegal. of pistols from 1930s. <laughs> Constitutionally on protected. Instagram. Don't do that, sir. Danny got a picture removed from Instagram today. Everybody. <laughs> Did he? Yes. Today? Yes. So I guess that's starting. That's a thing. Yeah, it was, it was a picture. It was a picture of the the trio of my FN pistols, in the 1900, 1910, and 1922. And uh, okay. all I put for them was old 7.65 FN pistols. But it was like old 7.65 FN pistols. Um, and the only thing I can think of... Oh, so they, they took it down. But there's, a, there's an option to, uh, to like get it reviewed or like to appeal. And I did that. And then they reviewed it. And they said, oh, it's fine. So they, they restored it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, all is good. And then... Yeah, like the 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 next day, it was just I got another message that it was removed because of uh, because of illegal. It was prohibited activity or whatever because you I'm trying, trying to, to sell, sell it. it. Yeah. Oh, because of the caliber. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like a big violation across the top. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, just the seven six five. Sixty five cents. Yep. Yeah, selling three pistols for seven dollars and sixty five cents. <laughs> I'm just quite the, quite the, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, cool, I guess that's happening. So I guess maybe I need to be like 7.65 millimeter so that it's, you know, who knows? Maybe that means money, money. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's some dollar signs right there. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I guess that's the first one. And then, yeah, it just happened. So we'll see if Instagram starts taking down more and more stuff. Facebook is being worse and worse now with closing gun groups on Facebook. So, yeah. One of my favorite ones just got uh, closed up the other day. And I was I was I was going to post something on there, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't pull it up, and it was gone. And then I talked to some other people who were on there, and they said the same thing that they're trying to do the appeals process for it. So, oh, what was it? It was uh the Milserp, military surplus collectors of World War One and World War Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one we like to go and mess with. Yeah, so that one. I mean. Of all the ones that I'm on, I think that one's probably one of my favorite ones because, yes, there is a lot of fun things to mess on, but it's also the most interactive one that I'm on as it well. It was a lot of people. It was, it was only, like, I mean, 25-ish thousand or something like that, I think, was on there. 
compared to some other ones that have like 40 or 50. Oh, the Curia but, Relics one is awful. Oh, it, it's yeah. awful, but it's, it's fun. I love posting on those. I'm banned from it. <laughs> I probably should be banned by now, but I'm not. But yeah, that one was taken down. I think they're going through the appeals process for it right now. So it's happening. Man. I don't think yeah. I've ever gotten a warning for ours. Um, I've just had stuff demonetized on YouTube. I've never had a strike. Not that I know of, at least. I don't know if they give you, they'd send me an email or something. I don't know. I've always wondered, like, what if one day I wake up and, like, Millsurf World is just taken off YouTube? Like, what? What would I do? You, well, that's why you have a website. Yeah, yeah. I can't take down. But I can't upload videos because videos are too, uh, too big. And, like, mm. you know. We gotta get in the dark like, web. That's why, yeah, that's yeah. why Pornhub exists, Danny. <laughs> I, was yeah, or, <laughs> I, think I, I think I signed up for BitChute. I don't know if that's a thing or still a thing. There's like a some other video alternatives out there that I like tried. Yeah, Pornhub would be a last a last resort, I guess, if I had to. We did make a joke one time that Danny was going to make an OnlyFans for um, April Fools, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just going to be him stripping guns down. <laughs> So that's fantastic. There's a close-up of Danny like field stripping something. It's like shitty music in the background. Oh, that's that's or, or fantastic. Some, or, or some ASMR where it's just like hearing all the metal clink next to each other, very close-up mics. <laughs> yeah, but but sexy with Jack. Maybe. Hey, maybe if yeah. Well, no, that they reversed. It. I was gonna say if OnlyFans if they kicked off all of their um all of their adult content. They didn't though. <laughs> They're like, yeah, oh, no, never they're, mind, they're, we like money. It. Yeah. Because it's kind of funny. I remember people being like, oh my gosh, capitalism's terrible. They're they're kicking off everybody. And it's like, wait, so they don't want money? Capitalism's bad? That's not capitalism. Wait, they do want money and it's cap. I don't know. Whatever, Whichever thing is bad, it's capitalism's fault. Remember that. Mm, damn reds. This is nothing but pure old-fashioned communism. That's from a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's from Smokey and the Bandit. You should watch it. Nah. Okay, there's one last... We get all of our points, Danny. (laughs) No, there's one last one, which is YouTuber Pet Peeves. Oh, okay. YouTuber Pet Peeves. I want to hear what you guys' Pet Peeves are. Uh, Danny, just in general, I just cannot stand the way he talks. It's his hair. I'm telling you, it's his hair. (laughs) It makes me feel any better. I can't stand my own voice either. I have to uh, edit my videos. I have to listen to myself say the same sentence over and over again for like hours as I'm editing a video. So I'm yeah, right I think there. everybody hates the sound of their own voice. Yeah. Like I guarantee we're going to listen back to this one. I'm going to hear myself and be like, wow, I'm an idiot. So, uh, the, the thing I can't stand the most is people repeating wrong information just because they heard it. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. The Japs took all their dust covers off because it rattled. No, they didn't. Like the, the, just stuff like that. I cannot stand it. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Like that. I I try super super hard to not give out wrong information in my videos, and that's the like that's the worst thing. Like I try like the standard that I hold myself to is not by like how much information or whatever is in my videos. It's it's how much wrong information is in it is like the standard that I hold myself to. Um, 
And like, if I get one thing wrong, I've like beat myself up. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Why did I say that? Sometimes it's just like a slip of the tongue and I'll say something wrong. And I knew it wasn't the right thing, but I, you know, I said the wrong thing. And I'm like, oh, why did I say that? You know, and I only find out, of course, like days later when I'm editing it, I can't, I can't like refilm. I think that maybe, I think, or just the basic information, like this is the 10th video where they just read wikipedia article over and over again so it's like okay i've heard this 10 times now in 10 different videos like let's see or something different oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i know what the my, i think my biggest pet peeve is hearing the cliches all the all the different cliches so we did the the one podcast you know where we listed all the gun cliches mm-hmm. but like when whenever you watch a video of like this gun, they always say that cliche saying about it. So like they do, here's a video on the M1, you know, the M1 rifle, and they have to say Patton's line, and we all know Patton's line. Oh yeah, huh? Or uh, the ping and everything with that, or oh yeah, so or the yep, they mentioned the, the ping, the dust cover rattles, or stopping power for forty five two world wars. The Jungman's uh, Grantham. This makes Grantham look like whatever. <laughs> if I'm watching a video and I hear that, like the cliche, I just I cringe. I just click off. Really, and it's they're usually yeah they're usually in the beginning too. Like it's yep. like an introduction. Yep. Like hello, this is how dumb I am. <laughs> Even some of the people that that I respect with further knowledge on certain things. We'll say stuff like that. I'm like, nope, can't watch it. Can't listen to it again. I just, I can't do it. Hey, Danny, just off the top of your head, how many rounds fit in an M1 magazine? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. I'm 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 assuming that was rhetorical. Uh, I I I I'm just curious. I I think it's it's a uh, it's it's not six. <laughs> no, it's eight. You idiot! Holds eight in the clip. There was a lot of bad audio there. Oh, that you're was gonna, great. You're, you're going to regret good that. audio of that. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was my impression of an internet boomer typing in all caps. Ah, the the all best caps. the best story, though, out of that video, Danny, is the one guy challenging you, and then you're like, okay, go do it on your own gun. And he's like, I will. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's like, you were right. And it yeah. was like, holy shit, what has happened? Yeah, I was like, hats off to you, sir, for coming back and replying that you were wrong. Hats off to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that, at least he did. I mean, no, that's yeah. a miracle. That's yeah. a miracle of the internet Chivalry right there. Is not <laughs> yeah. dead. Chivalry is not dead. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some, I think clickbait is another pet peeve of mine. Oh, yeah. Danny's famous oh, for yeah. clickbait. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been having to try to be more clickety with thumbnails, have more attractive thumbnails. I'll put it that way. Because like, I've always just really sucked at thumbnails and I've just recently like tried to put in a little bit more effort with them, like get a good picture and have like some colors and like a good font, try to sum everything up so that it looks good. Cause traditionally my, my thumbnails have sucked. I'll just like pick a still from the video um, whenever so whenever you upload a video to YouTube, YouTube automatically it gives you an option of like three uh, stills from the video and it's like pick one of these three for your thumbnail or upload. And you used to always just click one of the ones that they like, you know, picked for me. So, which some of them are hilarious though. <laughs> You'll have this really goofy look on your face when <laughs> you're holding the rifle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing too with like making like w- with a video. If you're on video, you could 
pause it at any point in the middle of a sentence and you look like an idiot. You know? <laughs> it's so true. I think that's just life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see like, yeah, with with editing, I see like an idiot face, Danny, all like as I'm as I'm editing and pausing or whatever, like over and over, over again. Um, that's where we get the memes from. Tumbling. Yeah. All about the memes. Yeah, I do, I do love I do love shit posting a Milsert memes. On, I do on like Insta. also shit posting Lathias stuff. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, like Ian doesn't understand. Those are great. Oh yeah, yeah, those are really. I, funny. I, I get a good cackle out of those. Yeah, I think I'd have to say my biggest pet peeve is, it, um, especially with some of the bigger channels, um, having old information out there. And then not updating it, mm. not taking mm. down the video or redoing it, and just letting that old information that's wrong that's been discovered recently to be wrong is just still circulating. Yeah, they just don't want to lose those views. And yeah, the ones that fix it, credit to them. Like, like Othias fixing the they did the reproduction clip for the uh, G88 versus the actual clip for it, and it worked. Like it was cool that he said we will try this again. And when they did the Car eighty eight and Gavir uh, ninety one video, they're like, "Hey, we got an actual clip. Let's do the old rifle." And it worked. That was cool. Yeah, that and uh, if you're on his, if you're on the Patreon for CN Arsenal, they released the video like a week earlier now to the Patreons to then kind of like scan through it to see if they hear any mistakes. And then when they release the real video onto YouTube, it's the edited version that has the updates to it or the corrections. So they started doing that recently. Yeah, that's smart. So it's like, let's use all the, the brain power that we have in Patreon to see if we can catch any mistakes before we release it to the public on YouTube. Yeah. And that's good because they, you they do lose a lot of momentum having to delete it. And, and, and credit to CN Arsenal, they get something wrong in their video. They just delete the whole thing, fix it, and re-upload it. Which is which is phenomenal. A lot of lot of you know, a lot of YouTubers don't you know don't do that. Um, uh, uh, Ian fixed his video though, didn't he? After um, oh yeah, you uploaded on the same day somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is crazy because he does he you know he does one or used to do one every day, and then I, I just do one once a week when I can. And yeah, it just happened to be on the same exact day we both uploaded a Red Nine video, but I had Mauro Baudino on. And I used the new information out of his book and out of the Paul Mauser archive to give like the new correct information. And I only really did that because when I bought my Red Nine, I went down the the Prussian contract, you know, rabbit hole on the internet, like reading all the all the you know internet fud lore and whatnot about it. And then when I actually started reading a book like you know the Paul Mauser archive and stuff, I was just like, holy crap! Like everything on the internet's wrong. Like how can it be so wrong? And then I watched videos. And the videos were just reciting what they were saying on the forum, which was really wrong. And I was like, wow, I need to really make a good video to address all of these mistakes and to, and to you know, give out the real information. And I'll have the guy that's like the authority on Mauser pistols, you know, that works for the Paul Mauser archive on. And we'll just like set, like make the video, like this will be it. And yeah, it just happened to be Ian made his video on the same day. And the first one, yep, he repeated a lot of that internet lore, and uh, which was which was really surprising to me um, that that he did. You know, I I assumed he maybe, but when you do a video a day, like there's only so much like a human being, you know, can research and 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 do. 
But wow. um, but he also corrected it though, is what we were saying. He did. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did that. I think just though because he caught it so soon, because I think people started reaching out to him, like, "Hey, Millsup World did one," and you know, as the correct information sort of thing in it. Uh, and I think because it was caught on the same day, he recorded a little snippet in it, and he mentioned Millsup World, and and then corrected it. He he cut out all of his misinformation, is what he did. I don't think he recorded a whole lot of new stuff. I think he just cut out all the wrong stuff that it, he said. It was surprising because I saw that video. I remember messaging you, hey, man, did you know this happened? And all the there was a bunch of comments below that was, hey, Danny just did this, and his video is better. It, it wasn't just one or two. It was 10, 20 comments scrolling down quickly that people were calling it. Yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day for me. Didn't you make a lubed video of, of Ian? <laughs> yeah. I remember 20, that one. 20,000 times, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Ian says, yeah. Check out Millsorp World on YouTube 20,000 times. Celebrate mm-hmm. 20,000 subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I got I got my mileage out of that. Out of, I, out of Ian going, saying that. Going back to your your compilation, you did a compilation video of all the failures of the Lee Enfield that Ian had. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And you asked him, hey, is this okay? And you sent him a link to the video that was unlisted. And he's like, Holy shit, I didn't know this happened this much. Oh yeah, yeah. I reached out before I did it, I reached out to Ian and Carl and I asked them both. And yeah, and Ian thought it was really interesting, uh, because he'd never you know, like again, he just puts out so much content, he never seen it all like put back to back like that. And and yeah, he's it said he thought it was really interesting, you know. Um yeah, especially just seeing all the all the infield malfunctions. Because there's so many. If you're listening to this, just just you know, Google it. What's the what's the title of it? I should know the title now. You should video. know the title of your Lee own video. Lee Enfield. This is back. Lee Enfield. The title is Lee Enfield malfunctions at Forgotten Weapons. Then there's more I can't see, but it's only a two minute video. Two minutes of your life. It's a lot of two minutes. So that's a lot of shooting malfunctions. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of mouths. Well, have we hit every topic, Danny? We did. Holy crap, we, we stayed on topic. Reasonably well. And we were less yeah. than two hours. Holy shit, guys. Way to go. Holy moly, yep, yeah, but I still have the email oh. to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm a, you're going to yeah. read to me, you said? Yeah, yeah. so it's about an M95. I'm trying to get the pictures over to, to Discord um, so that you can see this. Okay, here we go. Is I don't this going to be really terrible on pictures? Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let me read you the email. Okay. Uh, uh, 69. The All reason, right. The reason that. I'm laughing, everybody, is because it's a very poorly, uh, it's it's one of the very poorly done uh, Nazi-issued oh, M95s that do not actually exist in this format. Yeah. Um, so the email's from Sean... He, uh, hey, uh, hey, fellas, I wanted to get your opinion on my rifle. I've heard of the fakes, uh, deep stampings all over the wood and metal. I have one with a single wood stamp and is light, uh, fading, as it should be. Um, WAA4 says it was re-arsenaled at BSM Berlin between 1937 and 1939. I've attached a few pics. Thoughts? Maybe real? Question mark. Thanks. No. Absolutely not. 
<laughs> no, I can tell you why it's not real, and that is because the serial number that is underneath the, the wood stamp is uh, on the right side, and also that circle mark underneath the serial number is Bulgarian. Uh, so that uh, rifle stock is 100% been in Bulgaria, and given the overall look of the stock, I would bet it's never left Bulgaria. But also, uh, the Germans never produced any M95, so they would not put any of these marks on their guns. It's hmm. probably the best thing you've ever said. That was very well stated. <laughs> yeah, they they don't have good. WA marks. Those are production marks, guys. WA marks are production marks. Mm. The more you know. Now, the... There are ones that exist that are the rework marks, and I cannot remember what that code is, but it's not WA. Mm. But those are very, very, very rare. I've I think the guy that I know that I bought my Lee Navy from, who is a like probably one of the best, most knowledgeable straight pull guys and M95 guys in general is that he's only seen one or two ever. And it's because people don't know, for, the, for simply, because they're too rare. You know, it'd be crazy as if there was, a, like, a legit one that was then had the fake stamps added to it. Oh, God, that'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ones that are real, are they stamped on the metal or the wood? Just curious. Uh, they're stamped on the wood. Huh. Now, it, I can't remember the code. It's not WA. It's something else. It's, it just signifies that it's, it was a rework. And that's how I was explained to me was WA codes are for production stamping inspection, and the other code is for rework, like Arsenal re reworked stamping inspection, and uh, that's how you would know. Now M95s were certainly issued in the German army. Um, it's just they, everything they, was. They were not produced, so yeah, all of these produced. stamps are production stamps. So all the fake stamps are terrible like that. Yeah. Yeah, this looks just like um, like a stamp that would be in a like a K98K stock, which I think is just what they were going for with it. They just gave it a single little, and it's just enough. So if you knew like K98Ks, you know, oh, that's exactly where they put one, and looks just like that. A little cartoonyish yeah. too. It's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird looking. Yeah, the yeah. chicken, and it's yeah, and Sean said it's light, but no, that's still that's too. That's a oh, little yeah. Christmas. That's, oh, the, the lettering is way too deep. It's it's way too obvious. The the wings on the chicken don't look right either. Yeah, them chicken wings off. <laughs> Does it not have a swastika in the, underneath the nope. eagle? Too? No, it doesn't. Plain simple to me. Yeah, it it's a poor stamp. And the, what's what's funny though is that there's only one because most of the time when they do just one or when they start stamping it, they stamp it a bunch. Yeah, I. Typical K98, you see multiple. So it's it's weird too that the eagle is not clutching the round part where the swastika normally is. the 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 round is molded into the eagle. It looks like it's pooping it or something. Yeah, yeah. or it's got like it's a really a fat, fat ass. It's a plump, plump little. Chicken. <laughs> it kind of looks like big bird balls or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No it, well, we're not making fun of the guy. I mean, no, no. I don't think. Yeah, no. Sorry, sorry, Sean. I don't, don't want to make you. That, yeah, I don't, I don't think you. that he bought it, assuming it was one. I think he just noticed it later on. Yeah, and and at least it is just only one little stamp. It doesn't like, detract it to me. It doesn't detract from the value of the rifle because an M ninety five thirty four, which is actually, actually no, this is an M ninety five thirty because this was a, a conversion by the Austrians. Now that I look at it. Oh wait, no, no. That's a long rifle conversion. 
No, the M9530 is the is the is still the the Stutzen, but it's the uh, Austrian version. And then Bulgarian named theirs the M9534. Yeah, but wasn't that cut down from the long rifle because it has the rifle rear sight and the front sight? Oh, yeah, you can't tell with Bulgarian stuff, man. It it was swapped and moved around so many times. There's no way to know. And the only way to know for sure is if the serials of the receiver and the barrel match. And by match, I mean are correctly roll stamped and not hand stamped. And Mm -hmm. then, then maybe... It was the original config, original rifle and barrel, but that doesn't mean that they didn't replace anything else on there. Because I've seen, there's all kinds of steadfast rules about the wrong, the rear sight or the uh, banded front sight. I've seen so many different configurations because I'm reading really Bulgaria just started moving shit around and making it work. Sure. A, a really okay. stupid question: Why is the band wrong? Because the loop on the band is on the right. Yeah, the, the band is on the wrong side because yeah. it's actually a common uh, mistake when people reassemble their guns because okay. it can actually be reassembled the wrong way. Yeah, okay. it's flipped around. It's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty common. I've bought a few guns like that that have had this thing swivel yeah. on the wrong I, side. One of mine my was K, that my way. K98, my K98 has enough, the the front band is upside down. Not the H band, but the, uh, the actual sling band is uh, upside down, so the Numbers and the waffen off there upside down on it. So is this, oh, yeah. is this Sean? As you said, his name was. Yep. Sean, if you're listening, and I assume you are, you have a, a very nice example of an M9534, a uh, very Bulgarian um, rework example, um, 898x56R. Looking at the uh, original acceptance as a 1917. It's a more common year, but not uh, the. I think actually 1917 is the most common year, um, but still, you know, a good example, uh, but not German uh, issued. I think that seals the deal. Yeah. I think most I, importantly, most importantly, it will kick like a mule. Oh <laughs> god, dang it! Insert <laughs> <laughs> cliche. Boom. <laughs> That that, that's one I hate. Every time I post mine, it's like, oh, those <laughs> kick like a mule, and I'm just like, god dang it, guys. It's either that or my fireball throw a... That's, that's, fireball that's a M44s. Yeah, yeah, that's their thing. Yeah, those, every time anybody posts an M44, oh, it shoots fireballs. It's because you're shooting the full rifle round out of a short rifle. <laughs> of course they're going to have extra powder. That's the whole oh, reason yeah. Germany switched the 8mm Mauser ammo. What's the barrel length on the M95 Stutzens? Uh, 19 inches, I think. 19? Okay. Yeah, that's about... Yeah, that's pretty... That's Yeah, I think that's a legit carbine. That's Yeah, that's definitely too short to be a... I think it's 19. Or a rifle. It's odd. It's, it's one of those guns that, like, it, it kind of... There's, like, optical illusions with guns, and some guns are, like, bigger or smaller or whatever. You know, they just look bigger or smaller. Like the 1917, it looks smaller than it is. Yeah. It's really kind of big. Um, this it's one, it's, hef- yeah, the- it's hefty too. The 1917, is- you don't make it, you don't realize how much oh, yeah. it weighs. Mm-hmm. It's a thick one. Yeah. It's a thick boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that, it's got that, the big belly. Thick with two C's. Mm hmm. It's a 19.7 inch barrel, Danny. Danny, did you? Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty good. And then so, an, yeah, an overall, like, overall thirty nine and a half. Okay. Yeah, like uh, 
M94 Swedes and like the Spanish 1895 carbine, those are like just under 18 inches. Um, the G91 slash A88. Do you know? Mm, not oh. off the top of my head. Because mine, the the rest of the rifles will will sit in my safe, and my uh, Car 88 sits on the front sight and will hang from my rifle rack. So it's even shorter. Uh, 19 and a quarter inches, the yeah, 3340. They are, they are shorter then. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty short, yeah. But yeah, I forgot or, it was that short. Or we'll go the opposite direction with my M86, which is 31.7 inch barrel. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. I, I need to compare that, I guess, Beefy to the... Um, yeah. You know, I thought, like, you know, M95 or M91 Mosins are long. Um, like my Ross Mark III is long. But then I got this Danish Crag, and that is the longest. It's the, the, the longest. The very gun. long too. Yeah, but this is yeah this this be longer. That what's funny was I thought the M eighty six would be longer for sure by a long by a long for a uh, long uh, amount, but the Bertier is right there in terms of length. The Bertier is a very long gun. Yeah, it's yeah it's a, it's the same as like the the Lebel. Yeah, I mean like, it's what like, it is. It's essentially yeah. copying that, but I mean. It's a lot. Yeah, like you don't realize just how big they are because it's it really didn't like to sit in the safe. Yeah, that's nuts. And the nineteen seventeen really is like it's in between short rifle and like long rifle length. It's in between. I don't know if it's short enough to be a short rifle. I don't know. Aaron, how long is the uh, the moniker? The long one? Uh, thirty one inch or thirty thirty one point seven inch barrel. It's longer than the Snyder. I had to buy a special rifle case for the Snyder. It's 30.5 cuz it didn't fit in anything I had. Yeah, I got that in a in a two boxes that were cut apart and taped together. Yeah, me uh, too. I know what you mean. They cut the top off of it and they yeah. they put another Yep, they did the same thing with Snyder. It's yep. it's a uh, 30.5. Yeah, looking at my 1917 compared to my 1903 right above it, it's about 3 inches longer than it. So, just in comparison. I have a question Wait. for you guys. All right. How much? How much do gray ghosts go for these days? <laughs> <laughs> Too much is the correct like those, answer. Just like those black widow lugers, you know. Oh, what, <laughs> what about the American lugers or whatever? What is that? The American those, eagle or whatever? Yeah, the those are expensive. Yeah. yeah. But are those legit? Yeah. Like variants or like, what the hell are those? Of course, yeah, those are those are legit. They were used for testing, so they're most of them were in forty-five ACP. But um, well, they made them in thirty yeah. too. They're commercial guns. Yeah, it was a, so like, it was a, uh, they're commercial. Like and the military testing ones were in forty-five and nine. Um, but yeah, those those are actual real real ones. The American Eagle ones, yeah. commercial and military testing. But Gray Ghost and Black Widows don't even get me started. No, but for, for real though, what do the uh, French P thirty eights? Go for nowadays. I mean, the, this one's got like the re- it's really gray, and it's got the uh, the aluminum grips or whatever the whatever the hell those those gray grips are made out of. It's hard to tell really how much they go for because they're so the prices are so inflated on them because of the whole gray ghost lore to them. It's hard to really hammer. Is it that, that or the the new French love? Uh I think it's more the lore for the gray ghost. But yes, the French is starting to play a factor into it now. Um, but I think I've always heard Grey Ghost, and I've always seen those prices five, six, seven hundred dollars more than what they should be. 
Yeah, I think a, a, a good P38, like a normal run-of-the-mill P38, is like 9 to a grand, and then the Grey Ghost thing is like 12. Yeah, I got I got my P38 for like eight eight fifty, I think, at the most a couple years ago. And yeah, Grey Ghosts are in the easily $1,500 range. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm doing some gun broker sold listings. I just found one, an SVW 45 French Army Great Ghost that sold for 1575 Well, there was... Uh, two, August 15th, so just a month ago. There was two different years of them, I thought. There's 45 and 46. Yeah, yeah, they marked them 45 and 46, but the French captured, like, there was a whole bunch of other P-38s and guns at the at the factory. So you could have any maker or year P-38 that the French mm-hmm. could have captured that were just happened to be being refurbished at the factory at the time. Um, I think most common is, yeah, the um, SVW 45 and 46, but you can find yeah. any other ones. But my Honey Hole, just, they dropped the prices on some of their guns. I just noticed, I checked their website. I think I forgot how much they were asking for theirs, their French P thirty eight, but they're asking nine ninety nine now. Dang, this That's darn a honey hole. Pretty good price for that. Yeah, they dropped the price on their. They had a they have a nineteen twenty two an FN nineteen twenty two there. Uh, they dropped the price to three forty nine. Wow. And they have a uh, a nineteen ten and three eighty pistol. That's three seventy four. Well, you should probably go pick those up because those would probably make some good videos too. Yeah, yeah, huh? Especially for those. Are they? Is the nineteen twenty two? Is that German mark? It's not. They had two. I bought their German one. Um, okay. This one, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, like the little nose cap extender thing on it. It's like a different color. It's like a like. They like did a, that. Uh, like a reddish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, those were often replaced, so... Um, I can't remember. I didn't look if like, I mean, numbers matched or whatever on it. At 375, I mean, that's still hard to... That's hard to walk away from. Yeah. Or, yeah, 3, 349 for the for the 1922. Let's see what right, that would yeah. be. Even better. <laughs> but that, that Grey Ghost, quote-unquote, uh, for, what, 999? I mean, if anything, you can get it, make a good video on it, get some good research, and then resell it eventually. I mean can't go wrong with that route yeah i was at a man i was at a show like six months ago and a friend of mine he saw i'm just gonna keep calling it a great ghost a french <laughs> captured grade all grayed out because there's the french made manurins or whatever however that's Mandarin, pronounced yeah. man so like those are french p38s but i'm talking about a different one i feel like the gray ghost is like the best way i'm just i'm just gonna keep saying it even if it's not correct but yeah, he's that, tra- that transitional one yeah, but but he saw a gray ghost, and I think it was twelve hundred bucks, and he like pulled out his money and bought it like right then, and I was like, oh, like really? Because because you could get you know legit like nice German ones for quite a bit cheaper than that, you know? Yeah. And he it's was like, oh no, niche, niche collecting, I guess. I mean, people pay a price for such a small, small spot of history right there. Yeah, and French stuff so hot right now. It is so hot. <laughs> 45. All right. Well, I got two gun shows and I might have a gun store to go to tomorrow. And I'll have to buy the wife some flowers or (laughs) let us know how it goes. Well, that's it. Thanks for having everybody come on. Uh, We had a good time tonight, I think. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a a good one. It was good. Thanks thanks for coming on, Michael. We actually had a Um, topic today. We kind of stayed on topic for the most part. 
No, I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on there. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Always love talking about this stuff. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else? Okay. Then I say uh, let's uh, have a good rest of your weekend, I guess, because we're filming this on a Friday. Or whenever day you're listening to this, have a good rest of your day. And be sure to check out Millsurf World and all the other channels we mentioned on this podcast. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks.